If you're just tuning in now, I think you've picked a good time to tune in. Why? Because we're going to talk about Facebook and what was said yesterday uh, in front of the Senate hearing with the Facebook whistleblower, Francis Hogan. Uh, Carmi Levy joins us now. He's a tech analyst and friend of the show. Carmi, I really wanted to talk to you about this because I think uh, she brought up some important, important points backed up with um, hard copies of um, files that she took while she worked at Facebook, um, basically studies that show proof that Facebook can be damaging for young people especially. Can you speak to what uh, she said yesterday? Absolutely. You know, the, the key thing here is proof. Uh, you know, we've heard allegations similar to these in the past, but we really have never had that smoking gun proof to go along with it. Now we do. She worked for the company for a couple of years. She quit in May. And before she left, she amassed a, a pretty large trove of documentation, emails, messages uh, at, that essentially prove what she is alleging. And so she's essentially, the, the, the core of it is, is that uh, her, in her testimony to Congress, as well as her uh, interview on 60 Minutes uh, a couple days ago, she essentially said, Facebook knows how to make its products safer, but it chooses not to because it wants to make more money. That It knows that if it tweaks its algorithms to, for example, dial down misinformation, then, then what it's doing is, is reducing the amount of time that you and I spend on the service, that it drives engagement down. And so it's making a conscious decision. Its research says misinformation is sticky. Misinformation is good for business. Therefore, we will not stop it. We have the technology. We choose not to. That, to me, speaks to a, a pretty, you know, it, it's a pretty strong moral and ethical line. And it's pretty clear that the company is crossing it, and that's why she's, she's decided to go public with it. That's what disturbs me the most about this is they'll say one thing, their PR uh, and Maven, then, of course, Mark Zuckerberg, we're doing everything we can to rein this in to be a good corporate citizen. But now we have proof that once you look deeper inside, it's exactly the opposite. It's interesting. She pins this really all on Mark Zuckerberg. She says, in the end, the buck stops with Mark. Uh, he controls more than 50% of Facebook's uh, voting shares. There's currently no one holding uh, Mark accountable but himself. When you look at where Facebook started, it was like a, it, it just makes a lot of sense that there's not um, any conscience behind it. It was a, a social media platform set up to rank uh, co-ed girls. Yeah, it was called The Facebook. Yeah, it was, it was Mark Zuckerberg's Harvard dorm project. Uh, that obviously grew. And at the time, it was, you know, put pictures next to each other and see who's hotter. Uh, that was the goal. Uh, and, and so, you know, a, an organization with roots like that, I think it's, uh, it's somewhat optimistic of us, maybe even naive to think that it would ever grow to anything beyond that. In other words, the, those roots were planted fairly deep. And that culture isn't going to change, despite what Mark, Z- Mark Zuckerberg is saying now or has said over the last few years. This is what Facebook is all about. This is why we pay attention. He knows, and, and his teams know very scientifically, what drives our interest. And it is like gold to advertisers. And so to get to this point where the company is so large, so successful, has kind of figured out the, the, the secret sauce to generate, generating revenue off of this, uh, you know, we can't expect that they would want to deliberately turn off that revenue and profit spigot even if it means that it's damaging to the people who use it. That's where we're at, and I don't think Facebook's ever going to change, at least not willingly. 
It's interesting. Uh, one of the internal studies that she brought forward, because there were tens of thousands of pages of these studies that uh, she brought to uh, the um, U.S. lawmakers, cited 13.5% of teenage girls said, said Instagram makes thoughts of suicide worse, and 17% of teenage girls said it makes eating disorders worse. She also uh, has filed complaints with the federal authorities alleging that Facebook's own research shows that it amplifies hates, hate speech, uh, misinformation, and political unrest. I, yeah, it's not like we expect that Facebook is already or is just going to somehow uh, grow a conscience now that the information is out there. What changes could be made? Well, I mean, essentially it has, and this is the reason why she's speaking in front of government officials now. Um, leaving it to Facebook uh, on its own to police itself is not going to work. The industry is not going to police itself. These are uh, publicly traded companies, profit-seeking companies. And the only, if you, if you, you know, anyone who knows a little bit about finance knows that the only reason these companies exist is to make money. And so every quarter they have to release their, their results. They're uh, very transparent about that. And if you're an investor, all you care about is that Facebook is doing everything that it can to make you as much money as possible. Nothing else matters. Whatever it takes to get there, that's the capitalist ideal. So the only way that that's going to change is if you bring in a certain degree of regulation to tamp down or reduce those extremes of behavior that could cause the kind of collateral damage that we're seeing now. So uh, it will have to, you know, just like the broadcast industry decades ago went through its reckoning, uh, and, and, you know, we have that regulated environment today because of it, we're probably heading toward a similar situation for big tech, for big social, where governments are not just here, but elsewhere around the world, because this is a global issue, are going to have to bring in uh, through laws and legislation and regulation uh, frameworks that, that limit the extremes of behavior that we're seeing now and that provide some degree of protection to you and I as we use them and, and you know, work to make sure that there's a balance, that we have freedom of expression and freedom of use of these tools, but also without fear of being damaged by them in the process. I think people look at that as uh, an insurmountable task, but it was done with big tobacco. And in fact, uh, Francis Hogan also, or Haugen rather, also uh, compared Facebook to big tobacco. Uh, is that well, fair? I think it is, because these are highly addictive uh, uh, entities. Uh, you know, a cigarette with loaded with nicotine is is you know, addictive in the same way that these technologies are. And we've seen, uh, you know, in, in the research that seeing something new pop into your feed is very much like getting a hit of dopamine. Um, and so that's why we continually return to our feeds and we're constantly refreshing them, constantly looking for something new to engage. Or we can't stand on, on a street corner or at a bus stop without pulling our phone out of our pocket to see what we might have missed. Uh, so, you know, to a certain degree, I think, you know, you know a, a, a different approach is required. You certainly don't want to have the heavy hand of government, you know, weighing in on it. You certainly don't want to go so far that uh, our online activities are tightly controlled 1984 style. You certainly don't want to go cross that censorship line. But we don't have to. Uh, there are ways to hold companies like Facebook and Twitter and Google and others to account uh, while still allowing us and the businesses that serve us the freedom to do what we've been doing for the last 15-ish years. Uh, so we can have that balance, but that conversation needs to start somewhere. And I think we're seeing the seeds of that conversation being planted in Washington this week. 
Carmi, thanks so much for putting some perspective on this very important story. I appreciate your time, and we'll talk again soon. Really appreciate being here, Kelly. Thank you. Cheers. Carmi Levy is a tech analyst.